This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I welcome on Sylvain and Chris from the Loremasters team to discuss their Pathfinder Loremasters mobile game and, of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, otherwise known in Pathfinder Loremasters as Passionate Asimar Oracle 3640. In the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin, roll a will save. You're in The Zone of Truth. And we're back. Yeah, we're back, baby. And Griff, I think this is going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's about a game, after all. That's right. But before we get too far, in Loremasters, I am Lucky Lashy Gunslinger, 1585. Naturally, of course. Channeling Jack a little bit, I see. Absolutely. Well, very excited to talk to some content creators in the space that do things a little differently in the Pathfinder world than we do. I think they're going to have a really cool perspective for our listeners to listen to how they're contributing to the Paizoverse. But before we get there, Griff, how you been, man? I've been doing well. I've been having a good time, even though the temperatures are low. Yeah, they're coming back up, though. I think we're going to hit some 50 degrees days this week. Hey, I'll take it. 50 degrees in January. Yeah. Not too bad. Absolutely. But yeah, we've we've been having a good time. We went to anime night (laughs) at the old north arcade this past weekend had attack on titan themed drinks that was a good time i think i did probably three or four founding titan lineups and was making a lot of friends or or, aka bothering a lot of other people in attack (laughs) on titan costumes sure yeah yeah you were talking to aaron yeager for a while i remember that yeah i mean hey he was looking good what can i say (laughs) we're chatting (laughs) but beyond that just kind of been hanging out you know work's gotten busy for all of us i think Mm -hmm. so uh you know between that and a couple of shows our plates are full absolutely well how about we kick this one off just get right into it so i want to introduce our guests here this week's guests launch a mobile trivia game in 2023 called pathfinder lore masters where you can test your skills challenge your friends and expand your knowledge of the pathfinder universe Now featuring over 10,000 questions, covering several different books and counting, the app is an exciting way to learn more about the world we love to play in. Welcome to the show, Sylvain and Chris. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Doing well. Glad to have you. How are you doing? Doing good. It is cold in Montreal. Very cold. It was minus 20 last week, so we're finally getting out of the crazy cold uh, Celsius. Uh, But still, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's nice. But yeah, everything's good. Sylvain, how about you? Pretty good. Today was actually a little nicer, though. We're pretty much out of the very cold weather. Besides that, I'm pretty good. It's an amazing week. As an American, I had to check oh, convert, convert. To, to Fahrenheit and uh, <laughs> still negative. It's still cold. cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, still below zero. So glad you made it through the cold snap, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have seen all the videos from like the Pacific Northwest ice storm. <laughs> I've been watching those and just watching like fire trucks spin around neighborhoods. And oh man, it looks crazy. Jeez. Well, yeah, too cold for me. But well, you know, guys, thanks so much for giving us your time this evening to chat with us. Really looking forward to our discussion tonight. I think the easiest way we can kick things off is to give a little bit of a general background. So Sylvain or Chris, whoever of you wants to go first, how about we talk a little bit about your relationship with TTRPGs and because, hey, this is Pathfinder podcast, what's your relationship with Pathfinder? Sure, I, I can kick things off. I'm uh, Chris, I'm the producer over at uh, Loremasters. 
So I've actually been in video games like the last 16 years. I started at uh, Electronic Arts back in the day, and uh, I've done you know a bunch of different stuff leading up to Lore Masters, and finally had the opportunity to kind of take this one and, and say, like, hey, let's get a game out on some of the content we love. In terms of TTRPG, I've probably only been playing about 10 years. I'm not super great at the rules. You know, I don't have a lot of time to learn stuff, but uh, I think over the last two, three years, we've really picked stuff up. And then learning Pathfinder has been just an interesting challenge just because of the time investment it requires and then making sure I learn the rules for the game while we try to put this app out. Hey, listen, 10 years is no slouch by any stretch of the imaginations. I got to ask, when you were over at EA, what game credits do you have if you're allowed to talk about that? So I've worked on a lot of titles. I think one of the first ones I worked at out of EA Montreal was SSX Blur on the Nintendo Wii. Oh, how yeah. cool. Yeah. That rocks. Yeah. So that was fun. That was kind of my first venture into games and then went mm-hmm. from there. Very cool. Oh, the SSX games. Yeah. Are those the snowboarding ones? Or am yeah. I thinking about something? Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the first ones on the Wii, too. So you kind of had the hand movements with the controllers and you had to make the tricks and like some of them were like hearts or Zeds on the screen with the controllers. <laughs> it, was, it was always interesting. I love it. Well, how about you, Sylvain? What, can you tell us a little bit about your background with TTRPGs and games and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. My background is pretty different, actually. Um, started playing games at about the age of 10. That's when I discovered the Dungeon and Dragon. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember, it's the Red Box, actually, the very first edition. So I've been playing D&D for a long time. I played almost every edition but the fourth edition. I was more into board games at that point. My background really is more into board games. I worked in the board game industry for 10 years plus. I was working in a shop where we had RPGs, so I was actually counseling games to customers. So I've played a bunch of stuff. I've played the Vampire, the Masquerade. I've played Rifts. I've played Shadowrun. So as far as the, the actual RPGs, I'd say I have a bunch of experience. When the license became available and Paizo released Pathfinder, I actually started playing it a little bit because this is the 3.5 system has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty close at that point when Paizo released Pathfinder is pretty much the same thing with slight adjustments. And then I played for about a year. Afterwards, I really turned things around and, and I played board games more than role-playing games at that point for a few years. And when I got approached to work on this project, we started playing D&D 5th. And when the big drama around the license came out, <laughs> we all agreed that we wanted to move to uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So I'd say I've been playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition for a few months now. But you know, it's uh, to me, it's just learning a new system i've seen so many of them that uh, this one is not very different it's somewhat close to what 3.5 was with all the extra that they added so it's uh, it's been pretty fun yeah we're huge 2e fans over here so definitely preaching to the choir there long one events too though yeah absolutely <laughs> true i think with some like notable dip and toes in the water exceptions one he was essentially both of our first like real TTRPG experience. Yeah, Pathfinder was how I got into TTRPGs. And then, geez, we played 1E until... uh, Until the wheels fell off. (laughs) Yeah, until the wheels fell off. And then uh, 2E came around and people were clamoring for 2E content. And then we switched over. But I love both systems. I love GMing both systems. I think both have a lot of merits. They're not really the same beast anymore. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But it's uh, it's very cool that you've played so many different games. You have a lot of games 
in your repertoire that are on my wish list. I really want to find a group to play uh, Vampire, particularly. But Shadowrun's always been interesting and intimidating with how many D6s you roll. It's also pretty intimidating if you're a game master. I remember trying to play a game where we're kind of used to the medieval fantasy, Mm -hmm. where everything is small scale, but when you go into these futuristic games, everything becomes a little larger so that things move a little differently. It's uh, more difficult to be a game master for those games. I think Rifts also was the same, but it was difficult to be a GM or to play. Yeah, you're taking your small town setting and expanding it to a exactly. planet and a galaxy <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a plane, and you know, it gets messy fast. Yeah, the environment sure changes when you can just teleport to another solar system or hop into hyperspace and go to another galaxy or go to another planet or something. Definitely puts little bit more pressure i feel like on your gm or dm there so let's chat a little bit about what pathfinder lore masters actually is i mentioned it a little bit in my intro but i'm sure there are going to be folks listening who have just heard about this for the first time or are not particularly familiar with it maybe just the name alone so can you guys give us a little bit of an overview of what pathfinder lore masters is sure yeah i can kind of go through with broad strokes And we can get into a little bit about why it is what it is in a bit, but essentially when you load up the app, you're going to come into adventure mode and that is going to be basically where everything takes place at the core of the game. You'll be able to go in there, select a couple of the different question packs that are available. There's a free pack available for everyone by default, so you don't have to invest anything into the game to play. But there are paid content out there, so there's the core question pack available. There is the Lost Omens World Guide and Rage of Elements. Those were our three kind of default books. And then we've got the Kingmaker Adventure Path questions, which doesn't contain any spoilers to the Adventure Path itself. It's just more based on like the Kingmaker lore. And then from there, players will be able to kind of kick off the adventure with the filters they want to select and try to beat 20 questions. So Griff and I have both played quite a bit, really enjoying it so far. It's a trivia game where you're working through questions that get a little bit more difficult. There's an aspect to it that is the challenge aspect too, right? And this isn't something that I played around with quite yet, but can you talk to me a little bit about challenges? Yeah, so those themselves will be anything that a user wants to share. So if you get to the end of your 20 questions, you'll be able to share the results of that game out with anybody on your friends list or, or the you know through Messenger or through text message. And really just say like, hey, if you guys want to play, hit this link, jump in. You don't have to buy the questions as long as somebody in your circle or the host of the game shares that that challenge out to you. And you'll kind of be able to go through it and play almost the same questions. So you'll still have the difficulty aspect of the game. So as you progress through the different questions, you're presented with a series of varying difficulties, one through five. And it'll be up to you to decide, you know, which question you want to take. But doesn't necessarily mean that the player that shared the challenge with you took a similar path. You're always fighting for score at the end of the day. Is there anything that you want to add to that? Actually, I think one of the main thing for me is that it, like Pathfinder Lore Master is just not your typical trivia. It's like you're not simply answering questions and moving from one question to the other. It's really better when you play it as an adventure. What you want to do is really manage your hit points, try to decide when to take risks and when to play a little more safe. Because sometimes if you go for a higher difficulty question and you take a hit, 
might kill you instantly. But if you look at the app, it tells you when you're going to die if you go for a certain difficulty level. So it's really a risk and reward kind of game at the same time where you really feel as if you're you're going on an adventure. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about the challenges, and Chris already said it, it, it really comes down to you don't have to own the content. So if you have friends that also have the app, play around that. I mean, you can easily just create a challenge, share it with your friends, and then everybody in your group can play. It's pretty fun, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I do like, to both of your guys' points, that it is not just a straight, I've got 20 questions, I need to answer those 20 questions. If I get one wrong, we're done. You do have to manage your risk and reward. And there are a couple safety nets built in. There are lifelines that you can get and you can unlock, which I have had to use a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I've been burned by the instant death question a couple times, too. Mm -hmm. I like how you have a scale of one to five, but you guys tied the questions to the uh, proficiency system in 2E. So there's like the trained expert master legendary scale involved in it as well but you know sometimes when you go for those master and above questions in the early stages of your adventure they're one-shot KOs if you get them wrong they definitely don't forgive and that's kind of why you want to level up in game two and try to grab the harder questions if you can because they're going to give you more XP and and kind of push you closer to that level 20 where at least if you fail a level five question you're not going to get one shot absolutely so let's talk about the questions themselves how do you decide what becomes a question? You got 10,000 of them. Yeah, it was pretty tricky at first, you know, being content creator and having all that package of knowledge about different games and systems. I started really trying to milk questions out of the core rule book. Mm-hmm. And at first, my approach was really everything that is interesting, everything that is something that a player might want to be quizzed on, I was trying to extract from the book, which is why the core rulebook has so many questions. And what's funny is I think I could have possibly like written even like double the number of questions and go from 5,000 questions to 10,000 because there's areas of the book that I did not even cover. There was just way too much content to cover. It evolved with time where for the core rulebook, I was really trying to have players test the rules or test their knowledge of the rules. Or when we moved to other question pack, it became a little different because you do not approach a question pack that is more lore related the same way as you do when it's rules. Like we came out with Rage of Elements, which is a delicate balance between rules and lore. I had to sort of create something a little different or approach it differently, where the lore, in my opinion, needed to be put at the forefront of what we were trying to do. One thing that I thought was really interesting about Rage of Elements is that those who wrote the book tried to tie each plane to certain objectives or feelings, like earth is quiet, earth is slow, where air is frivolous, and then fire burns and stuff like that. So I really wanted in that question pack for players to be able to feel that. And then when we did Lost Homens World Guide, it's really a lore book. There's a few questions on rules, but it's really more lore. The approach there was I wanted players to be really able to feel the setup of every section or every region of Kolarian. The the focus was really on the notable characters, history, geography. So those were the things I was trying to put at the forefront of the question back. And Kingmaker is is a, a sort of a beast of its own when we decided to go for Kingmaker. 
I did a, something a little differently is instead of having categories related to chapters within a book, I really went and went for geography, history, and stuff like that so that when you look at the actual questions that are about to be asked, you can decide where are your strengths, where are your weaknesses. Do I want to go for history when I know that I don't know a whole lot of history? Or do I want to go for geography because I looked at the map quite a bit? So that one, it stands out as far as how I approached it. That was fascinating to me because as I saw your early releases, right, the World Guide, the original question pack, the Rage of Elements, you can pretty easily codify that into, I need to learn about spells in here, I need to learn about some lore, but Kingmaker's special, right? Because it's an adventure path. So I guess, how would you explain to the listeners how to approach that. Is that intended for people who want to play Kingmaker and want to beef up on the lore and the background before, you know, maybe before they start their run of that adventure path? Is it something that a DM should direct their to-be players to? Or is it more for people that have played the adventure path and have a, a love of it and just kind of want to live in that a little bit more? I'd say that it's all of the above. I mean, the reason why we chose Kingmaker is pretty simple. Is we're actually running that campaign with the oh, group, <laughs> with the group that we're playing. Nick, who's actually the owner of Lore Masters, is our GM, and the way that he was seeing the question pack, he wanted every player at the table to actually play Pathfinder, Lore Master, Kingmaker, so that they would actually learn about the campaign setting. The way I see it is is that since there's no spoilers. Even if you haven't played the game, even if you played the game, if you played the Owlcat game also, it works for everyone because I really focused on trying to have players learn about the lore of, it's not the campaign itself, it's really like the geography, the history, so that when if you haven't played the game, it's a perfect way of knowing what, let's say, Bravoy is, what the River Kingdoms are, what are the stolen lands and what's the general feel of the inhabitants of, let's say, Isia versus Rossland and stuff. So if you play Kingmaker before you actually play the adventure path, I think you're going to be better prepared to roleplay your character. That's just one benefit that I can see right away is that even I, when I started creating the question pack and then we moved towards playing our actual campaign, I was better able to actually understand what the adventure pad was about and I sort of twitched a little bit or I actually switched how I would play my character to sort of fit into the mood of okay now I know that I'm a human from Rossland and I should behave a little bit like that because that's the lore of the specific region that I'm playing in so it was my favorite question pack to create to be honest if only because I was actually playing the adventure pad at the same time. And I, I believe it fits everyone that wants to learn about that region. I think it was fascinating to play through those questions. And to your point, as a DM that wants their players to play that campaign and live in those characters, especially for a campaign like Kingmaker, where a lot of times it does make sense to be from that area. I mean, you're getting notable figures, you're getting the alliances and disputes between the different places in the setting it's very comprehensive for all of those sections and that whole question pack not having played any kingmaker 
when I'm playing through like an open-ended adventure on Loremasters, I'm like, oh, these are the ones I got to pick like the easy questions first here because yeah. it's in depth. I mean, it's almost like getting quizzed on like a history book sure. because there's so much background to that campaign. I think in the campaigns that really benefit from being a character in that area and in that space, a question pack like that is invaluable. Like, I, I really wish we had that for like Corvosa because you guys were all characters in Corvosa and Curse of the Crimson Throne. And it's like, oh my goodness, like you guys could know everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys could come into this and legit feel like you're citizens of this city because of all the information you have. I do feel like that would be really invaluable for right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like that because that's such an engaging way of learning as opposed to you know i think paizo does a well enough job of it but you get a primer for the campaign before or like a player's guide before it comes out you know it's five ten pages or whatever and you kind of like eyes glaze over as you go through it all right you know there's humans in this region take, and me, whatever. take me to okay. the archetypes that are in this game take, <laughs> me to the, take me to the character option but hey if i'm playing through an engaging question pack here where my hit points are on the line and i could get xp like i'm gonna learn a thing or two about the region so i love your guys take on kingmaker love here in that it is spoiler free so you can just jump in there as a 2b player and be ready for that campaign you know sylvain you mentioned you had a whole bunch of fun making those specific questions are you all potentially looking at doing more of that type of a format in the future or do you want to focus more on rules chris and i actually talked about how we would approach a question like that we're really at a crossroad where we're going to probably just sit with the team and talk about what we're going to do next. The reasoning behind it is simple is with core rulebook, we re went rules heavy. Mm -hmm. With Rage of Elements, we tried a question pack that at that time, Rage of Elements was the latest book available. So we wanted to see if the community would be interested in having a question pack on the latest release. Afterwards, though. Lost Omens World Guide is, is really focusing on lore. And then Kingmaker is an adventure path. So I think we kind of took shots at different angles to see how the community would react and what they would actually prefer. And at this point, we're sort of trying to define what would be our best move. For sure, spells might change how we approach the next few releases. I played Wrath of the Righteous as well so mm -hmm. this is definitely something that we talked about just the fact also that it's a compliment with Alcat, a compliment also with somewhat of kingmaker because they both have a game also licensed uh, under paizo and pathfinder but i mean everything is open right now if the community wants us to invest a little more time in rules that's what we'll do if the community wants us to invest a more time into releasing question packs that are more lore related, that's what we'll do. So we're listening to what the community has to say and, and then we'll see what's next afterwards. Now, this is a question that we can also table, but I, I do want to ask it because it's just, that's piqued my curiosity. Would you guys ever consider splitting a Paizo book in terms of content? For instance, something like a Rage of Elements which has a very rules-focused element in the kineticist and that kind of piece, but also has the very lore-focused piece. I'm kind of thinking of, like, you know, in the future, like, if, you know, you wanted to release a class pack 
that was not the lore pieces of Rage of Elements, but maybe included the kineticist with some other classes so that the rules people got their, you know, sunk their teeth into that. But then the lore people, you know, could sink their teeth into the lore piece of that book. Potentially, I, I think that it really depends on like how many questions we'll be able to draw from those packs too, because we don't want to have a bunch of 99 cent like IPs throughout either. Sure. We want to make sure that we're giving a complete pack with everything in there. And then that's it's kind of a full experience in one shot. But I do think it's interesting. What do you guys think? I mean, in, in terms of like what we could put in there, what would be top of your list for question packs? I didn't anticipate Man, any questions back to I, us. I have, I, have <laughs> such, I have such a list right now. Well, then uh, you um, go, man. So I think something that is coming up is War of the Immortals and the way that the remasters kind of change the way divine classes work. I'd love a question pack that is like edicts and anathemas for like a bunch of deities because there's so many classes now that no longer are focused on alignment and now have to follow these edicts and anathemas and being an expert on all of that is something that would be very useful. I would love, like I said, like a class pack. I'd love something that was more in tune with, you know, I, I see like Impossible Lands, for instance, being like pretty much a lore-based pack. And I think you could almost take the ancestries out of that and just include them in an ancestry pack. So I think when I'm saying like splitting books, I'm kind of more thinking like rules wise, give me a bunch of ancestries and let me dig into that. Or give me a bunch of archetypes, like give me the big archetype pack and let me dig into that. Sure. Because cause then, cause then yeah. when I want to know the lore about an area, I'm going to get that pack. But <laughs> when I want to know how mechanics run for classes, I'm just going to want as many classes as you guys have. Because <laughs> like Give me all the classes you guys have. Individually in the Impossible Lands book and like the Milwaukee Expanse book, there's a few classes, there's a few ancestries, and kind of maybe just do like a mechanics of Garooned and then like a lore of Garooned. And, and that's what I really liked about at least the way the questions are oriented for the Rage of Elements pack is that you can very easily tell when you're given the options to pick a question, like I can tell, okay, this is an elemental based character or whatever. When the question's about that, I'm getting a kineticist question. Yeah. When the question says wind, I'm getting a question on the lore of the plane of air, <laughs> you know? And so, cause I really liked when I was able to kind of filter, I could filter to just barbarian and I could run yeah. through questions about barbarians if I wanted to. And I think that's really valuable as well as although I really like the broad nature for like an adventure when I'm just kind of playing, if I wanted to dig into something, I like the ability to filter down into just that, which I think is really cool since you guys already have that. But I'm just wondering, like, for a pack, I think people would be about, like, oh, just give me the classes. I'm a player. I don't need the, like, GM running the game questions. Yeah. What's interesting, Chris, is that we, um, we had an approach at first that was really book-oriented. Like, we were releasing the core rulebook question back, where as of now... We're really moving towards a different perspective where we are releasing not books, but question packs. So what you're saying there, Griff, sort of makes sense. It's, it's something that we've been thinking about. And I really like the way you, uh, you present the question packs that you would see us create because it gives us a perspective also on what's possible or at least what the community might actually like. 
And that's something that we're going to definitely consider, I think. Yeah, we should definitely talk about it and see what we can do and, and what the future holds there for the questions. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all. You see, that's the best part about this is that you guys are open to community feedback. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> and honestly, like when we first launched, a lot of the feedback was really solid and, and really helped us kind of get to where we wanted to go. Because without that, like we wouldn't have known that the team or, or the community themselves wanted maybe some different functionality in the filters that the team thought the community would have wanted differently. So as part of like one of our first patches, that was some of the stuff we address right away. Like if you select barbarian, you just want to talk about the barbarian. You don't really want to dig into the general questions or uh, you don't necessarily mind having maybe a, a smaller question pool to choose from. Same with some of the things we did inside of the challenges. You know, we've gone ahead and added a daily challenge every day that pops up so that if you don't have any friend sharing games with you, at least within the challenge menu, you'll always be able to go there and play one. Sometimes they'll be randomly generated. Sometimes Sylvain will go through and curate a couple when we've got some new releases coming through so that, you know, there's always something there to play. And if you check it out, you should catch me in there. I'm the only person named Chris, Loremaster's producer. So see me in there. Sometimes <laughs> I'm, uh, I've got a big old zero. Sometimes I've, I've got a score that's worth something. But you know, I'm typically a person that's going to sit down at a campaign and do like a one-shot campaign. Maybe I'll, you know, dive into the role-playing a lot more and then kind of lean over to Sylvain or something and ask them a little bit about some rules because I'm, I'm not sure what my next action is supposed to be. But I enjoy sitting at the table regardless. Hell yeah. Well, that sounds great. Let's talk just a little bit about... Well, let me let me back this up a little bit. So sometimes on this show, what our listeners really love to hear is the like guts of the thing. So sometimes they like to hear about the equipment we use to record and our philosophy for putting the show together and how we coordinate things, kind of the minutia that (laughs) that goes along with, you know, we're not just putting on a Pathfinder show, we're putting on a show. And so I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about actually developing this thing and getting it off the ground because I think it's going to be fascinating at least to me and plenty of people listening in. So how did this project all come together? If I'm not mistaken, this is the first official Loremasters property, right? Yeah, it's the first game we've launched on our side. How it came to fruition has actually just been kind of a conversation we've been having for years as a team and set of friends who play TTRPGs together. You know, we've always wanted to launch our own game. We've worked on lots of other games and we said, hey, you know, we've got the team, we've got the skill set to do this. We know more or less how it's supposed to go, minus, you know, the unforeseen road bumps. But we really sat down and we said, okay, well, what are we actively playing? What could a trivia game apply to that made the most sense? And really, you know, at the time that we were thinking about developing this, I I think that this kind of everyone was into Pathfinder. And that was kind of the game that stood out as a way to test our concept of like, hey, we're going to make a game that's going to help players learn about the game that they like to play and something that they can take in short sessions to the bathroom, to the gym, to the bus ride, maybe even on the way to the session to play, you know, quickly brush up on the class you're about to play. So that was kind of where everything stemmed from. So there anything to add there? I think that, you know, you guys were really knee deep in, in the Pathfinder sessions when we kind of said, hey, let's do this for Pathfinder. It's interesting is, uh, you know, I remember I was not even part of the team and years ago, Nick, the owner was, was already talking to me about having this dream of being part of the RPG community in some way, because he's always been a big fan of RPG. He's really into it. He's been a game master for a long time now, and he's always had that dream of trying to have the community benefit from either a game or either 
I don't know how to express it, but any way of having the players learn the rules, practice the rules, being more involved with the game. And I, I mean, that's been the case for years. So when he contacted me to be part of that team and to actually start working on the project, it was not a surprise. I was pretty stoked because I, I knew it was something that he's been planning for a long time. Very cool. So you guys assembled your party. You had people with all sorts of different skill sets come together and want to make this game. How did you uh, approach Paizo? Were they particularly involved in the development? Did you have a, a long leash? How did that go? Honestly, really awesome to work with Paizo and, and the team there. We approached them, I think, like January last year, and we said, hey, here's the idea that we've got. Here's kind of a proof of concept demo. What do you guys think? And from there, it really took off, and they've supported us right through this project. They're not hands-on into the project. Like, they didn't tell us, like, go and, you know, change this and change that. But they were really great at suggesting things that might work well based on, you know, what the community was looking for or the, or the type of players that do exist out there. They supported us a lot with all of the requests we had. I mean, you never really know coming into it what it's going to be like working with a publisher and how hands-on they're really going to want to be with art style and making sure that every angle is properly drawn and stuff. But, you know, they generally gave us really a lot of freedom and said, you know, we, we trust you guys and your vision. We had the standard milestone check-ins with them. They had time to give their feedback on stuff. And you know, I think we had a, a really great partnership through the development of this. Yeah, it's slick. I mean, when you open up the app, it looks like a Paizo product. Like it, it has a very similar feeling layout to any of the books. Lots of official Pathfinder art in there, which is cool. Yep. Like to see all my iconics in there doing their thing. Also, like it sounds awesome. I love the music there. And when I was looking at your guys' website, I saw that it was music from Two Steps from Hell. So yeah, I knew I'd heard that name before, but they've done like a ton of really cool trailer songs and like have gotten really popular licensing music to a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if there's much of a story there, but I'm kind of a, a big music fan. So what was it like getting music in this thing? Hey, so we're pretty big music nerds ourselves, and uh -huh. we're just like, okay, what's a music track or what's some music we can add in there that's going to really like do this thing justice and sound epic. Like when you're battling for the best score against your friend, you want something that's really going to capture the feel. And I, I believe just in general, some of this music's used at the table, like when we're playing. So we said, hey, you know, we know Two Steps From Hell makes some epic music. Let's just go and see what it would be or what it would take to get a license for including it in the game. And went from there. I mean, nothing fancier than that. No, it's funny. That's our experience with Two Steps From Hell as well. Our, yes. long time, our longtime GM, Eric, has a couple of playlists just full of Two Steps From Hell that he'll play when he's he's GMing us stuff. We almost listened to them exclusively through Dragon's Demand. Yep. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, I got to talk to these guys about this because that was our exact same experience. We would use them for table awesome. ambiance. It was great. Yeah. For, definitely you know, a non-licensed home game, of course. But. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to add it because it's pretty, it's, it's a nice story. The, the Some of the teams actually went to Europe to see them live. Oh, uh, really? When they were performing. And I know they were all stoked. It was a pretty good show. I believe it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the music is epic as hell. So yeah. I have to imagine <laughs> that the concert was really cool. Definitely. I didn't get the chance to see it, but I saw some snaps and, and some videos and stuff. It looked awesome. All right, well, we're going to move into some listener questions. But before we do, there's a couple quick questions that I want to ask first. 
So if you go on the website right now, you see that there are some upcoming releases. We got High Helm, Gods and Magic, Player Core 2 on the timeline. Anything else that you guys want to hype up, you know, those releases or otherwise? So I think the ones that are on our site, we're going to kind of take a step back and see if those are actually the ones that people want. Okay. I believe that, you know, we've got another remaster coming for the remainder of the content in Player Core that's still on kind of the legacy system. So that's something that we'd like to support when it does go live. But, you know, outside of that, we do have one new thing coming. And I think, uh, Sulemay, you've been working hard on this over the last month plus uh, to make sure that it got out. So I'll, I'll let you kind of drop some news there. All right. Well, we're coming up with a question pack that's exclusively on spells. So we're pretty happy with the question pack because I think it's going to be pretty different from everything that we released so far, just the way it was built and the reasoning behind it. So it's a question pack that's going to include 1,625 questions. So it covers all 325 spells in the player core book. And you're going to have five questions for each spell and one question per difficulty level per spell, which means that it's pretty much a wizard spell book. What you're going to do when you're going to be playing this new question pack is you're going to start by just practicing a spell description and try to guess what is the correct spell linked to that spell description. And then I'm moving up the difficulty level by going with spell rank, casting time, range, duration, damage, and stuff like that. The highest difficulty is going to be on traits and item, like what's the item cap? What's the item value of different spells? So it's really going to be a comprehensive question pack that's going to allow you to just practice the basics of the spells. It was impossible to cover every single aspect of every spell. It would have been a question pack that would have been way too heavy. But I think with 625 questions, you're going to have a lot of good time trying to practice the essentials. It's going to help players that are either new to spellcasting or just want to improve their knowledge of the various variables of spells or the various aspects of spells to really get to know them. So I'm pretty excited. This might be a spoiler, but how are you breaking the spells up? Is it just going to be like a question that's like, if I were to pull the spells questions up in the pack, is it just going to say spells and there's five ranks, or are you breaking them up into like the spell school or anything like that? Right now, we're trying to have it so that you can filter by magical traditions, but it's something okay. that I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to have that for release. Besides that, the way I approach the question pack when I created it is I think you always want to know what the spells do first, right? So whenever you're a spellcaster, you look at the spells and you, your first question is, what do they do? Afterwards is, do I have the spell rank? Can I cast that spell or not? That's why spell rank is going to be the second level of difficulty and so on. So I, I really try to prioritize the difficulty level, not necessarily based on how difficult the questions were, but more related to when do I want to ask that question about a spell? Like, you'll never ask if a spell can be heightened before you actually know what the spell does, what the spell rank is, what the casting time is, what's the duration, what's the range. All these questions are going to be asked first. And afterwards, they're going to look at the traits. They're going to look, do I want to item that spell or not? So it was designed a little differently. And I think it's going to be interesting for the players to try it out. I am playing two spellcasters right now on two different shows. This is going to be my go-to thing. 
I am, I am going to get this pack and I'm going to be quizzing myself at the gym and like when I'm sitting on my couch just to be learning spells because, you know, sometimes you see the classics, right? Your hastes, your blesses, your heals of the world and basically everyone knows what that stuff does. But you got to learn the weird ones, the cool ones, the situational ones that maybe not everybody picks up or I just need to know what it does because I want to buy a scroll of it and use it when I need that very specific thing. So I'm picking up this pack and I'm going to learn about a lot about spells. So you're telling me your life oracle is going to do more than cast heal? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to find new ways to heal. <laughs> new ways this, to heal. Okay. With this pack. <laughs> All right. So one last thing before we move into listener questions. I don't think we've explicitly said it yet, but it's a mobile game. Where can people find Pathfinder Lore Masters? So you can get us in two spots. You can get us on the Apple App Store. You can get us on the Google Play Store. If you don't want to look for us through search, you can go to loremasters.com and the links are right there at the top of the page. Love it. Nice and easy. Okay, got a couple listener questions here. First one from a listener, Jason Loremasters. What is your favorite little bit of trivia that you enjoy people discovering for the first time? Interesting question. Well, you know, being content creator, every single question pack that's new is actually my baby, right? Mm -hmm. So my answer is pretty easy. Every time I work on a new question pack, it becomes my favorite question pack because I'm really into it. I'm looking forward to seeing how the community is going to react to it. So right now, my favorite is obviously spells, where if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, it was Kingmaker because that was fresh, that was new. And as soon as I'm going to jump into another project, another question pack, I think it's going to become my favorite as well. I think that's the way a content creator should approach the content, that everything that's new is what's his favorite thing to do. I think in my case, just kind of seeing people see the app for the first time and understand that, oh, this is what it does, or, or this is this is how I could use it, kind of goes leaps and bounds over than more than one specific question. Just like when a lot of people reach out and they're like, I use this for my last session, and as a GM, I sent out some questions to people, and they were able to play it. Like that to me is just like yes, that's, <laughs> that's a win. I can tell you my favorite today. Go for it. I was playing and I got the question and I got it wrong, <laughs> but it was a it was a high seas question, which I always pick the highest difficulty because I'm like, we're playing skull and shackles. I know the high seas, and it was I didn't know that cicalias, uh, which are the are like the octopus haired what Lyra's mom was in yes. Carrying Crown, are like mercenaries of the sea in what? in the high seas. That's cool as hell. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. All right. I'm going to start filtering to high seas and doing those questions because <laughs> I should learn that stuff too. <laughs> We're skull and shackles. Okay, just a couple more questions for you folks, then I'm going to let you get out of here. We got a listener, David B, is asking, are you planning to go back and add past content or just new content as it comes out? And I think we've kind of touched a little bit on yeah. release strategy already, but just kind of curious, are you maybe going back and thinking about doing old adventure paths or content that hasn't yet come out? Just throwing that. Yeah, we've thought about it. I think the most important stuff for us to tackle is going to be if there's remaster on the other classes in the future, just so that we can kind of complete that whole player core question pack and say that, you know, it's done and we can kind of take the legacy stamps off of some of the questions. 
outside of that, if there's some past content that, you know, people are really interested in, you know, we, we did it for Kingmaker. We're talking about, you know, what other options are out there. Yeah, we would definitely consider it. Awesome. And I think you just kind of touched on the second half of this, which is will remastered questions be added? Will old questions be updated? So we were actually talking about this a little bit before we hit record the challenges of the remaster. And we existed as a podcast before remaster came out doing 2E stuff and are kind of working through that rework right now. I think you will. We're in a similar spot as well. So Mm. I guess maybe the larger question, how are you handling the remaster? Yeah, so I think that from a technical standpoint, we kind of, we didn't know if we should wait before we released the game for all of the player core to come out. But when I look back at it and kind of see how the launch went, if we would have waited for player core to come out, we would have had a lot of user feedback late. And I don't think we would have been able to put out some of the patches we did, you know, before the holidays that really cemented some of the gameplay. So potentially blessing in disguise that we went out early and had to kind of work back and you know look through all the remaster revisions but Sylvain had to do a lot of the grunt work there so his opinion may be a little bit different (laughs) well it's funny because I think you you say it perfectly when you say it was a blessing in disguise at first it was obviously a lot of work because writing 5,000 questions and then having to go through every single one of them to make sure that they are okay with the remaster was quite a bit of work but it allowed me to rework some of the questions that were maybe ambiguous or that were not properly written. So it really allowed me to go back and to rework some of those questions. It also allowed me to learn more about the game. I had gained a little bit more experience also throughout writing the other question packs. So I think it showed when I went back and I started reworking questions. What's interesting about the question is, is also, are we going to add some more content? Well, PlayerCore 2 is going to come out in April. So if there's content that needs to be updated, we're going to obviously add some questions. Best example is did not have questions on Leshy, on a half-orc, and we did not have question on which. But when PlayerCore came out, we actually added those questions to the core question pack. and. I haven't really looked at PlayerCore 2 in details yet, but if it makes sense, we're going to most definitely be adding some questions. And the way I see it also, the guys created a report a question feature inside the game. And the reasoning behind it is it's the, the pool of question is sort of something that needs to stay alive. If a question is not properly written and some players believe that it should be reworked, I think as a team, we need to be open-minded and rework those questions and then add new questions if the community feels that those questions should be in the pack. So yeah, that's pretty much it. What I really appreciated when I was playing through was that you guys pretty clearly mark on the questions, whether it's legacy or not which I think is really helpful through the transition and especially as people want to play the game before player core two comes out. It's clearly noted everywhere when something's a legacy question, it's right on the question before you pick it. So that was a nice feature that I just think is useful as you guys take your time to update them. Yeah, helps a bit too that with those legacy tags, sometimes just give you an edge if there's like an alchemist question or something. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's that's alchemist. But uh, usually that only happens on the, the lower difficulty ones. That's a good tip. All right. Well, Chris, Sylvain, thank you so much for your time tonight. I really enjoyed talking to you both. 
And, you know, this has been basically exclusively a conversation about Pathfinder lore masters. But as we wrap up here, I just wanted to give you the floor if there's anything left that you wanted to promote. So is there anything left that the lore master team wants to shout out? Or if you want to shout out your socials, too, that would be a good time to do it now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. Thanks, guys, for having us on here. It's been an absolute blast. Love talking to you. Hope we can do this again in the future. Hope we've got a ton of content that we can talk about. And just our goal here is to kind of get more eyes on on this game and get people talking about it and really getting people to kind of convert over to digital and playing this on their phone, because that's really always the challenge. You know, a lot of people have the books and the content. And they sit down and play the games at the table. But this is kind of a relatively new idea for people. So. Yeah, it's fun to see everyone kind of jump on, play it, give us their feedback, and hope that we can keep doing it. So, man, you want to give socials kind of your sure. thoughts here? First of all, I also want to thank you guys. It was fun. You know, you say you, you want to thank us for our time, but I appreciate you you guys giving us this platform to talk about the game. As far as socials go, you can you can go on Facebook and find us there. I'm trying to be active on Reddit, also X or Instagram. So there's a bunch of options if ever you want to hear from us if you go on their website also you'll see links to our different socials and we're trying to be as active as possible be it new releases new updates different topics so you can learn about the pathfinder lore masters if you go on our socials what's our main spot x for you right now Sylvain, i guess would be the best way that's lm underscore pathfinder yeah i say x and facebook is where we're more active so if you want to find us there those spots are the best spots great well I think that probably about does it. So folks, check them out. Griff and I have been gushing a little bit about this game. We love it. And Chris, I did clock you saying that you'd like to come back at some point to talk a little bit. Let's make that happen. Let's check back in after some more content, after the remaster fully happens, and just chat about how things are going. We'd love to have you back. This was a great conversation. Yeah, and it sounds like spells will be out soon from this. Yes. If you're hyped for that, keep an ear open. Absolutely. But I think that about wraps us up for tonight. So, Griff, is there anything that you want to say to the people at home? Go check out Loremasters, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. Later.